listening to South Florida's Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. This is God's plan for redemption, and it's good Good morning and welcome to the Our Wireless Connection radio broadcast. My name is Pastor Carolyn and I would like to thank you for joining us today. In the Bible, in the book of Matthew chapter 18 verses 18 through 20 in the King James Version, it says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Matthew 18 verses 18 through 20 in the message translation reads, Take this most seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. Lord, bless the reading of your word. We thank you, God, that it shall accomplish all it's been sent out to do. And we thank you, Lord, that Pastor Larry is back this week, that we are two. And we thank God for all those in the listening audience. We have more than two that's in a prayer of agreement. And in the midst is our Lord this morning. Pastor Larry, welcome back. Thank you, Pastor Carolyn. We're going to be using the topic this morning, the boomerang effect out of Daniel chapter 6 and 2 Kings chapter 5. Pastor Carol, would you read the scriptures for us, please? Sure. In Daniel chapter 6, starting at verse 21 in the message translation, it says, O king, live forever, said Daniel. My God sent his angel who closed the mouths of the lions so that they would not hurt me. I've been found innocent before God and also before you, O king. I've done nothing to harm you. When the king heard these words, he was happy. He ordered Daniel taken up out of the den. And when he was hauled up, there wasn't a scratch on him. He had trusted his God. Then the king commanded that the conspirators who had informed on Daniel be thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. Before they hit the floor, the lions had them in their jaws, tearing them to pieces. Continuing on with 2 Kings chapter 5, starting at verse 1 in the message translation, Naaman was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important to his master, who held him in the highest esteem because it was by him that God had given victory to Aram, a truly great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aram, on one of, his, on one of its raiding expeditions against Israel, captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife. One day she said to her mistress, 
Oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, he would be healed of his skin disease. Naaman went straight to his master and reported what the girl from Israel had said. Well, then go, said the king of Aram, and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So he went off, taking with him about 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothes. Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel. The letter read, When you get this letter, you'll know that I've personally sent my servant Naaman to you. Heal him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset, ripping his robe to pieces. He said, Am I a god with the power to bring death or life that I get orders to heal this man from his disease? What's going on here? That king's trying to pick a fight. That's what. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he'd ripped his robe to shreds. He sent word to the king, Why are you so upset ripping your robe like this? Send him to me, so he'll learn that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman with his horses and chariots arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you'll be as good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me. Call on the name of God. Wave his hand over the diseased spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers of Abana and Farpar are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stomped off, mad as a hornet. But his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple, wash and be clean? So he did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. He then went back to the holy man. He had his entourage, stood before him and said, I now know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no God anywhere on earth other than the God of Israel. In gratitude, let me give you a gift. As God lives, Elisha replied, The God whom I serve, I'll take nothing from you. Naaman tried his best to get him to take something, but he wouldn't do it. If you won't take anything, said Naaman, let me ask you for something. Give me a load of dirt as much as a team of donkeys can carry, because I'm never again going to worship any other god than your god. But there's one thing for which I need God's pardon. When my master, leaning on my arm, enters the shrine of Rimon and worships there, and I'm with him there, worshiping Rimon, may you see to it that God forgive me for this. Elisha said, everything will be all right. Go in peace. But he hadn't gone far when Gehazi, servant to Elisha, the holy man, said to himself, my master has let this Aramean, Naaman, slip through his fingers without so much as a thank you. By the living God, I'm going after him to get something other from him. And Gehazi took off after Naaman, and Naaman saw him running after him, and jumped from his chariot to greet him. Is something wrong? Nothing's wrong, but something's come up. My master sent me to tell you, two young men just showed up from the hill country of Ephraim, brothers from the guild of the prophets. 
supply their needs with a gift of 75 pounds of silver and a couple of sets of clothes. Naaman said, of course, how about 150 pounds? Naaman insisted. He tied up the money in two sacks and gave him the two sets of clothes. He gave him two servants to carry the gifts back with him. When they got to the fort on the hill, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants, stored them inside, then sent the servants back. He returned and stood before his master. Elijah said, So what have you been up to, Gehazi? Nothing much, he said. Elijah said, Didn't you know I was with you in spirit when the man stepped down from his chariot to greet you? Tell me, is this a time to look after yourself, lining your pockets with gifts? Naaman's skin disease will now infect you and your family with no relief in sight. Gehazi walked away, his skin flaky and white like snow. Father God, bless the reading of your word. Let it accomplish all it's been sent out to do. Pastor Larry. Good morning, beloved. I want to tie in both of these scriptures together, going in from Daniel chapter 6. And as we had said previous, a last couple of weeks ago, that Daniel not only had an excellent spirit, but he was a effectual and fervent prayer. He prayed three times a day. And again, we have said this before, but the conspirators tried to make sure that Daniel was not going to see sunrise. Well, it come to find out that all their plotting and all their planning and all their wicked devices ended up as Daniel being free from harm, not a scratch, not even a, a odor of the lions that they obtained. That area was anointed in the time that Daniel was put in the lion's den. He was protected from the time he was in to the time they brought him out. But the portion of scripture that really is very, very real to me is the fact that his enemies, his enemies, hallelujah, were pushed in the pit. The boomerang effect, beloved, the boomerang effect happened for Daniel. Daniel wished no harm upon them. The Bible says do not enter rail for rail. He was not retaliatory. Daniel served God. Daniel prayed to the Lord. Daniel made sure that he had an excellent spirit even through a problem, a situation as with this. And as the scriptures say, before the conspirators hit the floor, they were consumed by the lions. Beloved, to let you know, whatever you go through, whatever you face, being a true believer in God, God will sustain you. God will protect you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will open heaven's windows for you. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and added no sorrow in your life as long as you stay true to him. And Daniel did stay true to his God. And it got to the point that even King Darius believed. He believed in the God that Daniel served. But again, we're talking about this morning the boomerang effect. Whatever you, about whatever a man soweth, he shall also reap. If you try and try and try again to harm people by word or deed, I can tell you by the word of God, you will reap what you sow. You reap, you sow a good seed, you will have a good harvest. You sow a bad seed, you will have a very corrupt harvest. 
going into 2 Kings chapter 5. Gehazi was with Elisha, and he even was with him the first couple of miracles that took place with Elisha. Now, Elisha asked Elijah that he wanted a double portion. He got a double portion because he saw exactly that Elisha was twisted off and translated and taken away to heaven. I believe that not only did he get a double portion, but in the Bible it shows that Elijah had 16 creative miracles by God, and Elisha had that double portion, which made that 32 miracles. Now, I'm saying that to tell you this, that Gehazi, all of a sudden, when he saw that his master, Elisha, refused to take the reward, refused to take an offering that you will, because you cannot buy God's power, you cannot buy God's kingdom, you cannot buy God's anointing. But what you can do, you can honor God with your giving. But again, on the boomerang effect for Gehazi, Gehazi waited long enough for Elisha to leave. Then he decided through his greed, through his pride, through his proud look, through his lying, deceiving tongue, his heart-filled deception, and wicked imaginations, and running quickly to cause mischief, to speak lies, and not only speak lies, but believe them, but he also was causing discord. He was stirring the pot, so to speak, for Elijah. Elisha. Well, beloved, let me tell you this. This did not just happen by chance. This caused Elisha to confront Gehazi. After Gehazi went and took all the reward back that Elisha refused. I believe because of the double anointing upon Elisha, he knew exactly the time, he knew the place, he knew exactly in the spirit by the anointing that, Elisha, that Gehazi was going back to get a reward that did not belong to him. He paid for it. Beloved, I just explained to you, or just read to you, Proverbs 6, 15 through 19. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart devised evil, evil imagination, feet running quickly to mischievousness, a false witness speaking lies, and sowing discord. Scripture 6, Verse 15, it shows that if you cause and you do any of these, that they will be without remedy, without rescue. Hallelujah. You cannot and you cannot mock God. The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, he shall also reap. Proverbs 6, 15, and again, as he was, as I will explain to you, that he Gehazi was bound and determined to reap a reward that was not to be his. But because of God seeing the whole thing and giving Elisha that discernment 
Elisha confronted Gehazi as he came back. And I believe that he knew exactly the situation. He didn't have to ask Gehazi, but he wanted to see if Gehazi was going to confess. Beloved, I will tell you by the word of God, you don't have to worry of being concerned if someone has beat you out of money, if people has lied about you, if they have stirred the pot, so to speak, if they've caused disruption in your life, if they've tried to uh, cause you not to have integrity, if they have caused any kind of harm upon the believer, payback is coming your way. Boomerang effect will come back. All those situations that, that, that Gehazi was entertaining, it came back upon him because the scripture said that at that point, Elisha said, you will have leprosy until the end of your days and the rest of your seed, your generation. What a horrible judgment. What a horrible judgment, beloved. We are seeing in the scripture the boomerang effect. You cannot and will not do any profit, any harm. You will not do any profit, any wrong without it not coming back upon you. The church needs to be careful. Beloved, we need to be careful on our words. Our words have power of life and death. But we also need to be encouraged that knowing that we're not going to sow discord as a believer. We're not going to run to wicked imaginations as a believer. We're not going to cause trouble, but we're going to give everything to the Lord. Jesus himself will fight our battles. We don't have to worry about dulling up our fists and, so to speak, fighting in our behalf. God will fight your battles. Because, beloved, the boomerang effect is sure and true. As we showed here in Daniel chapter 6, and as well as 2 Kings chapter 5. Hallelujah. And I do know by the word of God, by the life that we live as a true believer, God has your back. As Job has had a hedge built around about him, there is a hedge built around you, beloved. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon today, tomorrow, or ever will prosper. Beloved, stay true to Jesus. Pour yourself into the kingdom. Seek his kingdom first and foremost and his righteousness and the blessing will be upon you from day in and day out, week in and week out, month by month, year by year. The blessing of the Lord will make it rich and add no sorrow to your life. Stay humble before the Lord and those people that have come against you or the body of Christ or ministry, they will reap what they sow. As in the, the realm of the conspirators against Daniel and Gehazi. That is a horrible thing to know that you committed wrong against God's property and not only will you suffer, but your generation, your seed, your children's children, your children's children's children, the generations after them. That's what followed Gehazi because he lied, he refused to do what was right to do and he should have left well enough alone 
And Elisha discerned that he was running toward wicked imagination and trying to cause trouble for the kingdom of God. Pastor Carolyn, back to you. Thank you, Pastor Larry, for explaining more thoroughly with regard to the boomerang effect. I really appreciate the warning, the instruction, the guidance, the reminder that the things of God are serious. That God is in charge. God has a plan. And he's determined that his plan and his purposes shall be established upon the earth. I remember years ago, Pastor Larry, when I had just become a believer. And a pastor explained to me with regard to the boomerang effect that when we come against the plan and purposes of God we're actually becoming an enemy of God and while we know God's great love for us and how much he loves and forgives us and his mercy is so great on the other side we have to understand that God is accomplishing things on the earth and we're not to stand and try to block that, hinder that, delay that or let the enemy use us to stop the plans and purposes of God. Would you agree, Pastor Larry? Amen. I agree. Well, I, I think that... Um, I think that the people of God this morning are are Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, and Pastor Larry, you know, we've been asking God and believing God for the suddenly serving a God of the suddenly the Lord of the breakthrough we spoke about it last week and and actually a few weeks prior to that and we've been coming out of second Chronicles 29 36 and Hezekiah rejoiced in all the people for the thing was done suddenly and in Isaiah 48 3 it says I have declared the former things from the beginning and they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them and I did them suddenly and they came to pass and that the God of the suddenlies is also the Lord of the breakthrough. And that God does not need a whole lot of time to turn our situations around. That divine turnaround can come suddenly. That divine turnaround can come while we're sleeping. We can wake up the next morning. What a difference 24 hours makes. If you are discouraged and you feel like everything is just falling apart around you, I encourage you to hold on for another 24 hours because the God of the suddenly and the Lord of the breakthrough, when he shows up on your behalf, the divine turnaround, the breakthrough in your life manifested is done in a supernatural, divine way that we can't figure it all out in our minds. It's a God thing. This is why Naaman lost his temper. He said, um, he said, Elijah sent out, it says in uh, verse 10, it says, Elijah sent out a servant 
to meet him with this message. Go to the River Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you'll be as good as new. Just imagine how many nights Naaman went to bed wondering what's going to happen to me. What day am I going to die? What's my last day on the earth? How should I spend today? Where should I go? What country should I go to? What ruler shall I try to reach? What shall I do to heal this condition, to have it healed, my body touched? Where can I go? Who can I talk to? But the God of the suddenlies, he was not prepared to hear, immerse yourself seven times. He was not acknowledging the God of the suddenly, the God, the Lord of the breakthrough. So much so that he lost his temper. Are you losing your temper right now because you don't know how it's going to happen? The instruction is about to come. God's just about to send the servant. God's just about to speak to you in a vision or a dream. God's about to speak to you in the, through the word of God. It's just about to happen. He's just about to t give you the instruction, the, the immersion of seven times, and then you'll be healed. He's about to show up suddenly, the Lord of the breakthrough in your situation. Naaman lost his, his temper, it says, in verse 11 and 12. He turned on his heel saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me, call on the name of God, wave his hand over the disease spot, and get rid of the disease. The God of the suddenly and the Lord of the breakthrough doesn't need us to try to figure out how it's going to happen. So this morning, as we're standing in agreement and, and believing God that the Lord of the breakthrough and the God of the suddenlies is breaking through on your behalf, let's not try to figure out how it's going to be done. Let's let God take care of that. Let's just choose to believe Him. Let's choose that this morning when we came together, Two or three of us together. Pastor Larry and I are here. We're two. You're making it three. We're here together. We're believing for your sudden breakthrough. That we don't have to figure out how it's going to happen. We don't have to figure out how the bill is going to be paid. We don't have to figure out how the divine turnaround will manifest. No. God's got that part. It's our part to believe. It's our part to trust him. He says the thing shall be done suddenly. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. Pastor Larry, I'd like to continue to share it on Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 21. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven? And Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. The kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servant. As he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000. He couldn't pay up, so the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, Give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing the debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room. When he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him $10, he seized him by the throat and demanded, Pay up now! The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, Give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested, put into jail until the debt was paid. 
And when the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. The king summoned the man and said, You evil servant, I forgave your entire debt. And when you begged for mercy, shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And that's exactly what my Father in Heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. And so, Father, God, this morning, we thank you for blessing the reading of your word. And again, we see here, there is a boomerang effect. There are actions, our speech, the, our conduct. There's a consequence for the things and actions and things we do under God. When God shows us mercy, we should be merciful. In this case, the, the uh, king took dramatic action with regard to the lack of mercy that was shown concerning the debt. This morning, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you been forgiven of your sins? I ask you this morning, consider what's been laid out in this radio broadcast. Consider if there's any area in life that may be hindering your suddenly or your breakthrough. In Jesus' name, Pastor Larry. Beloved, thank you again for listening to our wireless connection. We'll see you again next Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. God bless you. Soon and very soon, we'll see the King.